Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse, where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ekev, and it means, On the Heel of. Deuteronomy 9, 16-29 I took hold of the two tablets and threw them from my hands and smashed them before your eyes. I fell down before the Lord, as at the first, forty days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sin, which you had committed in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was wrathful against you in order to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me that time also. The Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. So I also prayed for Aaron at the same time. I took your sinful thing, the calf which you had made, and burned it with fire and crushed it, grinding it very small until it was as fine as dust. And I threw its dust into the brook that came down from the mountain. Again at Taborah and at Massa, and at Kibroth, Hatava, you provoked the Lord to wrath. When the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, 
You neither believed him nor listened to his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. So I fell down before the Lord the forty days and nights, which I did because the Lord had said he would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people, even your inheritance, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look at the stubbornness of this people, or at their wickedness or their sin. Otherwise the land from which you brought us may say, Because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he had promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people, even your inheritance, whom you have brought out by your great power and your outstretched arm. Second Chronicles 32, 1 to 33, 13. After Hezekiah had faithfully carried out this work, King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his army to break through their walls. When Hezekiah realized that Sennacherib also intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military advisors, and they decided to stop the flow of the springs outside the city. They organized a huge work crew to stop the flow of the springs, cutting off the brook that ran through the fields. For they said, Why should the kings of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? Then Hezekiah worked hard at repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers and constructing a second wall outside the first. He also reinforced the supporting terraces in the city of David and manufactured large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them by saying, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is a power far greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. While King Sennacherib of Assyria was still besieging the town of Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah and all the people in the city. This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says, What are you trusting in that makes you think you can survive my siege of Jerusalem? Hezekiah has said the Lord our God will rescue us from the king of Assyria. Surely Hezekiah is misleading you, sentencing you to death by famine and thirst. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars? He commanded Judah and Jerusalem to worship only at the altar of the temple and to offer sacrifices on it alone. Surely you must realize what I and the other kings of Assyria before me have done to all the people of the earth. 
Were any of the gods of those nations able to rescue their people from my power? Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destructive power of my predecessors? What makes you think your God can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him fool you like this. I say it again. No God of any nation or kingdom has ever yet been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less will your God rescue you from my power? And Sennacherib's officers further mocked the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah, heaping insult upon insult. The king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. He wrote, Just as the gods of all the other nations failed to rescue their people from my power, so the God of Hezekiah will also fail. The Assyrian officials who brought the letters shouted this in Hebrew to the people gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them so it would be easier to capture the city. These officers talked about the God of Jerusalem as though he were one of the pagan gods made by human hands. Then King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So Sennacherib was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. And when he entered the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there with a sword. That is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from King Sennacherib of Assyria and from all the others who threatened them. So there was peace throughout the land. From then on, King Hezekiah became highly respected among all the surrounding nations, and many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem with valuable presents for King Hezekiah too. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord who healed him and gave him a miraculous sign, but Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him, and he became proud. So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah was very wealthy and highly honored. He built special treasury buildings for his silver, gold, precious stones and spices, and for his shields and other valuable items. He also constructed many storehouses for his grain, new wine, and olive oil, and he made many stalls for his cattle and pens for his flocks of sheep and goats. He built many towns and acquired vast flocks and herds, for God had given him great wealth. He blocked up the upper spring of Gihon and brought the water down through a tunnel to the west side of the city of David, and so he succeeded in everything he did. However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. The rest of the events in Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are recorded in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, 
which is included in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. When Hezekiah died, he was buried in the upper area of the royal cemetery, and all Judah and Jerusalem honored him at his death, and his son Manasseh became the next king. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem fifty-five years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had broken down. He constructed altars for the images of Baal and set up Asherah poles. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshipped them. He built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built these altars for all the powers of the heavens in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. Manasseh also sacrificed his own sons in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. He practiced sorcery, divination, and witchcraft, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. Manasseh even took a carved idol he had made and set it up in God's temple, the very place where God had told David and his son Solomon, My name will be honored forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the tribes of Israel. If the Israelites will be careful to obey my commands, all the laws, decrees, and regulations given through Moses I will not send them into exile from this land that I set aside for your ancestors. But Manasseh led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more evil than the pagan nations that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored all his warnings. So the Lord sent the commanders of the Assyrian armies, and they took Manasseh prisoner. They put a ring through his nose, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. But while in deep distress Manasseh sought the Lord his God and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors, and when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is Yahweh. Romans 15.23-16.9 But now I, Paul, have finished my work in these regions, and after all these long years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I am planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. 
Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to you on my way to Spain. I am sure that when I come, Yeshua will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now, may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Amen. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many, and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Yeshua. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Yeshua before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend, in the Lord. Greet Urban. Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Psalm 25, 16-22 Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Proverbs 20, 16-18 Get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. I want to speak to you from our reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and 33. And in this chapter we see that King Hezekiah is now under attack from King Sennacherib of Assyria. And we see a certain wartime tactic being used 
against King Hezekiah that's very relevant to the times that we're living in right now. So King Hezekiah says to the people, he says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is a power far greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. And Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. But what King Sennacherib does is he does what's called a psychological operation or a psyop on the people. He does psychological warfare. And this is often used by armies to mess up the minds and the thinking and the thoughts of the people, to terrify them, to weaken them, to weaken their resolve, their courage, and their strength, so that they will just want to just give in to the invading enemy. And so what King Sennacherib says is, the Lord our God, Hezekiah is telling you that the Lord your God will rescue you from the king of Assyria. Hezekiah is misleading you and sentencing you to death by famine and thirst. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars? He commanded Judah and Jerusalem to worship only at the altar of the temple and to offer sacrifices on it alone. And so he goes on to say, Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destructive power of my predecessors? All these other nations I've conquered, and none of their gods were able to deliver them. What makes you think that your God can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. And the king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. And he wrote, As the gods of all the other nations failed to rescue their people from my power, so the God of Hezekiah will also fail. And the officials, the Assyrian officials who brought the letters, shouted this in Hebrew to the people gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them, so it would be easier to capture the city. Now, how this is relevant to what we're experiencing today is that we just came through a tremendously intense PSYOP. The PSYOP that I'm talking about is the global pandemic of COVID-19. This so-called virus was a bioweapon that was first developed in the United States under the leading and guiding of Dr. Fauci. And then because the gain-of-function research was made illegal, it got outsourced to the Wuhan lab in China. And we have other bio labs out in Ukraine, by the way. So the Wuhan lab continued this research, and then it was intentionally released. And it was a real virus that caused real symptoms, but it was a huge psyop of creating fear in the hearts of people. Um, it, it probably killed no more than the usual number of people who died from any flu strain. So it wasn't like a killer virus that 10 or 15 or 20 percent of the global population died from it. Not so. Maybe one percent died from it. 
and no more than a normal flu virus. But they ramped it up and put so much fear in people's hearts and showed all kinds of videos showing people dropping dead. That the And then phase two of this PSYOP happened, and that was you've got to take this jab. You've got to take the COVID-19 so-called vaccine. And the PSYOP was this. First, they scared you to death that you were going to die of COVID. And second, they said, now you've got to take this vaccine. It is safe and it is effective. It was a lie. It has now been shown that the COVID-19 jab did not prevent transmission did not prevent you from getting COVID-19 and did not lessen the effects of COVID-19. In fact, it has been extremely damaging and destructive to people who've taken it. Many have died, sudden adult death syndrome, heart attacks, strokes, myocarditis, inflammation in the blood vessels, cancer, infertility, shall I go on? It was a massive psychological operation, PSYOP, or spiritual warfare to the highest level. And much of the mainstream media went right along with the messaging of this massive, huge lie. And so we have to be aware of the tactics of the enemy to deceive and to lie. The devil is a liar. He's a deceiver. And so one of the things he does is he uses mainstream media to promote his lies. So how do we overcome a PSYOP? Well, one thing we can do is not listen to the words and the messaging of the lies. We can turn off TV or turn off the channel to a different channel. We can go to uh, more uplifting information, teachings and uh, worship and um, listening to the word of God or going to alternative news sources where you're you're going to get truth rather than lies and deception. And it's very important to renew our minds with the word of God, with truth. Very, very important. So how did Hezekiah overcome this huge psyop? What did he do? Getting back into the scripture. uh, Verse 20 from chapter 33, verse 20. Then Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So God fought the battle. He sent an angel, and the Assyrian army with its commanders and officers were destroyed. This is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from King Sennacherib of Assyria and from all the others who threatened them. So. His main tactic in response to this PSYOP was prayer. So that's something that we can apply to our situation today. And believe me, there will be more PSYOPs. There will be more psychological warfare and spiritual warfare. 
It would not surprise me if we're going to have another global pandemic of something else. Hemorrhagic fever or something like that. And again, the main thing that they use in a PSYOP is fear. If they have you in fear, they can control you. But if you walk in faith and you trust in the Lord our God, in the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yeshua HaMashiach, you do not need to be afraid. Okay, so now we also need to look at a caution. It says in verse 24, About that time Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord, which is good. He looked to the Lord. He put his trust in the Lord. He prayed to him. And the Lord healed him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him. And he became proud. So here we have a man of faith. Tremendous faith. A man of prayer who turned to the Lord in prayer and asked the Lord to deliver him and his city, and the Lord did. And then a man who's been miraculously healed from an illness, but then pride crept in. That's what we have to watch out for, is we must not allow that spirit to come in. And if it does, we've got to repent of it quickly. We need to be quick to repent. We cannot take pride when God gives us victory and helps us to overcome something. It wasn't through our own efforts, abilities, or skills. It was the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. He did it. He's the one who delivers us. We must stay humble and thankful and grateful to him always. So he needed to repent of pride. The Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. So we will be tested. The Lord wants to see what's really in our heart. Will we be thankful to him? Will we show our love to him? Will we trust in him? When we are tried or tested, will we turn to him or try to solve the problem on our own? And that's exactly what happened towards the end of Hezekiah's life in verse 31. However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. So may we pass any test that the Lord might put us through. May we always walk in trust and in faith, trusting in him through any and every circumstance. May we be thankful to him when he answers our prayers and and just offer gratitude and praise and thanksgiving to him continuously, like a fountain that never stops flowing with that water of thanksgiving and praise. Father, thank you for the lessons that we can glean from the life of Hezekiah. Thank you for showing us something about psyops and how they work and 
what we can do in response to a PSYOP that's being rolled out, that we're being subjected to. Thank you that we have your word to give us the plumb line of truth. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.